Welcome back to Optimistically Salty. My name is Tracy and today is going to be a little bit about reflection and rebuilding. Enjoy. So I've just been watching this guru on YouTube. Um, a friend sent a video along my way and he was talking about how we cause ourselves to go mad. And he said that, you know, we start by just putting this anger out on someone or, um, you know, we kind of get into this habit of when we seclude ourselves or we're mad or upset or depressed that we get so much attention for it that it becomes who we are and that we start to cause these physical manifestations because we're always upset or agitated or mad and everyone accommodates us. And the more often you cross that line, the less chance that you'll be able to cross back into joy. And I was basically just, just blew my shit away (laughs) thinking about this idea of, um, how accommodating people can become to us when we're caught up in our depression and how that becomes such a big part of who we are. Now, this is definitely going to be Eastern medicine version. If you go into Western medicine, we would have to talk about mental health and we would have to talk about difference in brain chemistry and things like that. But we're just talking Eastern medicine, thinking about the human human nature, like when you're a sick kid and you get to stay home from school and imagine you have a bad day at work and you decide, you know, I'm just going to take the day off and stay home and snuggle on the couch and be in a blanket and like how easy it is to then need that more often. I feel like I've caught myself in this pattern over quarantine big time and possibly over a lifetime. But let's talk about quarantine right now and talk about this like backslide and now it's time to go forward because I don't really want to cross that line anymore. Um, One of the big things that I think has come up for me in the past week was the realization that I'm starting this journey that I've been on maybe five times in 20 years of, okay, I want to have a healthy body, but in the past that meant being skinny, it meant eating salad. (laughs) Um, I always went to something outside of myself. I always would find a book, a DVD, a diet to follow. Um, I had done a lot of fad diets. Like I've been there, done that. I've tried to lose weight super fast. And this go around is very much about self-respect. And the shift for that for me means eating food that involves treating my body well. And that means both for joy and for nourishment. I cannot just eat something because somebody says, this is eating clean. I can't do that life (laughs) ever again. Um, And over the course of quarantine, you know, I had what I would call the all out. All the foods that I had restricted from myself for so long, I just opened the floodgates and I let myself have them as much as I wanted, whenever I wanted. And of course now I'm at the end of that, where 
food basically has pretty little interest for me. Every now and then I'll hear something um, and I'm like, ooh, I'm going to eat that. But (laughs) it's pretty rare at this point for me to get really interested or excited about food. Which if you've known me for any length of time is pretty bizarre because I've been so hyper-focused about food for so long that I'm just, this is new territory here. It's come up probably at least once a week where I think to myself, well, I could just do insert choice of diet here or fast weight loss plan here. But when it comes down to it, I just have no interest. I'm, I can't do it. (laughs) I think even if somebody provided me with the supplies to do like a juice cleanse or something like that, I just wouldn't do it because I just can't go back to that again. I can't be on the emotional up and down of being on a diet again. I can't think about food like that anymore. Um, I've just broken that chain enough so that I can't go back. So that's where we're at with self-respect. How do I feed myself in a way that shows my body respect? How do I feed myself in a way that shows my family respect? Like, hey, yeah, I'm actually going to show up and be here instead of you guys eat your dinner and I'm going to eat the salad by myself. (laughs) So diet wise, and by diet, I mean what I eat as a human being in captivity is kind of petering out into some weird, I just eat food and there's not a whole lot of drama about it. And then I reintroduced exercise (laughs) (laughs) Um, So about a month and a half ago, I really just stopped. I was like, I give up. I had already stopped when I started working on my food issues. I was like, I can't exercise until it's just about feeling good in my body and taking care of my body. And I'm finally in that place now where I'm like, okay, I'm going to walk because it's taking care of my body. But when I went for a walk... I went for a six-mile walk, and I did not take my phone or my water because I did not want to be distracted by a phone call or listening to music or a book, and I didn't want to carry a water bottle because you know how you walk weird when you're carrying something. This was my rationale in Arizona in the summer. And about halfway through, even before halfway, I was like, this was a mistake, But by the time I reach that halfway point, you know, either way you go, it's going to be six miles. So I finished my walk. And when I got home, like my hips hurt, my knees hurt, my feet hurt, I, my shoulders, my neck hurt. And I was like, okay, maybe this was not the right way to do this. And I know that, but obviously the right way is not what I chose. The next day I thought, well, I'm just going to do every minute on the minute kettlebell swings. And I loved that. That was fun for me. I enjoy that kind of workout. I enjoy lifting weights. It was good. And I did like kettlebell exercises for a couple days. And at some point I sent one of the workouts that I did to a friend. And he pointed out a couple things like, hey, beware of this and this. And I was like, huh. Okay, I'm aware of it, but now I'm aware of something else too. Like he sparked something 
that made me realize that I have some work to do before I do the work, which is different than I've ever done this before. In the past, I would jump into like insanity and I would wreck my body and hurt myself and my knees were all crunchy and I would overwork muscles to compensate for muscles that are weak and never end up feeling great. Like, we got to take this down a notch and start here. So let's say like a kettlebell swing, or we could even say walking. I realized that I didn't have the toe mobility, the ankle strength and flexibility, the adductor strength to support my knees, the hip um, extension, I couldn't get into full hip extension. My posture is like full on nerd neck right now. So my ears need to pull back over my shoulders and my shoulders need to be pulled back into their joints. Knitting my rib cage down instead of flaring it up and tilting my pelvis back. Like this whole chain reaction from the bottom all the way to the top, everything was off in my kettlebell swing. And I noticed it when I did the kettlebell swing that it felt not great, but I associated that with that my body's in a different shape than the last time I did a kettlebell swing. And yes, it is in a different shape, but it's also in like a different physical shape. Like I don't have the same flexibility and mobility that I had six months ago. And even then, I did not have great mobility. So now I'm in this breakdown part of how do I rebuild these things, doing foot strengthening exercises and ankle exercises. And yoga is fantastic for this, but I realized that I just don't get to do this the way I used to do it. I have to take my time and be methodical and slow and rebuild. The fantastic thing that I'm finding about mobility is that I can basically do mobility work all day long. Everything I'm doing, there is an opportunity for me to check my alignment when I'm standing in the kitchen. Um, If I'm hauling laundry around the house, like the way that I carry the laundry and pay attention to how I'm walking, making sure that I'm actually taking the right kind of step instead of doing that like forward falling step, but actually engaging the muscles and allowing full extension. I've just become like a mobility person all day instead of a couch potato all day. (laughs) One of the other things that I did, I'm going to say it's for myself, but it's also kind of to myself. I challenged myself to spend a couple days sitting on the floor instead of sitting on the couch. Like, sure, you can sit down and watch TV, but you have to sit on the floor. And I noticed yesterday in the evening, after sitting on the floor or laying on the floor all day, I sat on the couch. And when I got up from the couch, I was sore for the first time all day. Whereas when I was getting up off the floor all day, I was fine. It was very interesting. I know that our furniture is not great for us, but I had never really experienced it on that level where I felt pretty good all day long. And then once I sat on the couch, all of a sudden my um, 
pelvis and my back started to bother me. And I started to feel that like headache sensation coming on. So since we're doing kind of a wrap up here, I guess I will also address the headache situation. So I'm a person, I don't know if I've covered this before in a podcast, but I have had migraines since I was in elementary school. Um, I remember the first few happening because I didn't know what was happening to me. Like my vision was blurry and I threw up and I was like, what is happening here? (laughs) Um, And one time in particular, I remember, I think we had gone to the zoo for the day. Like I I look back on it now and it makes sense, but we went to the zoo. So it was kind of hot out and I'm not great at drinking water naturally as a human being. So I was probably dehydrated. And I just remember laying under a tree in the shade, feeling like I was going to vomit and the world was spinning and I felt so awful. And my mom had baked these like apple frittery type pastry things and I really wanted mine, but I was so nauseous and so sick. I didn't eat it. And I don't think she ever made them again. And I don't know why that's a memory, but it definitely is. (laughs) the memory of the first migraine um and then as I've gone through life I've had like symptomatic migraines where all of a sudden I'm like wow it's really bright in here and then all of a sudden it's like fuzzy vision and I may not get the full-on headache but I'll get all the symptoms where I get really nauseous and I just need to like lay down in a cold dark room and sleep And then that like hangover for a couple days where you just feel like this might start up again. And it's really difficult to focus and your eyes are tired. (laughs) So for about a month now, I have been in that place. Like either recovering from a migraine or having had a migraine. And my big change this week was around hydration, paying more attention to making sure that I'm drinking throughout the day. But also I cut out caffeine, which for me, coffee's been like a habit since I graduated from high school probably. But I worked at Starbucks for six years and my time since working at Starbucks also has carried on with my coffee habit. Um, Here and there I take breaks Um, just to take some time off from the caffeine. But I'm noticing this week that, first of all, I had to go through caffeine withdrawal for a few days. So that was not pleasant for anyone involved. But kind of realizing now how my body functions when I don't have caffeine, I feel so much more at ease Um, you know, once I got through the withdrawal period (laughs) and I'm still having a little bit of caffeine because I'm still drinking tea here and there, but nothing quite like the wham of my multiple cups of coffee a day that I had worked up to. So I think the best thing for me at this point is just to keep working to get coffee completely out of the program and caffeine off the table for a while just to help regulate and make it a little bit easier to function and hopefully to sleep a little bit better because I think sleep is the other part of it that is really coming into play. I've been really focusing on getting eight hours of night 
and as much as I can control that at least. Um, I started using white noise a few months ago and I definitely notice a difference with that, with staying asleep for the most part. I have battled with insomnia for several years, so when that comes up, um, it's a struggle, but I'm just trying to get into the patterns at least to help overcome that as much as I can. And barring any dog incident or kid incident or cat yowling at three o'clock in the morning, I'm definitely on track to have more restful sleep. So a combination of actually listening to what my body needs, <laughs> um, actually building up some of the body mobility that's needed to start doing these exercises again, sleeping and hydrating. I'm just like moving into something new, I guess. So the fun part for me is once again, that this is kind of coming from myself for a change. Um, I appreciate so much that there are people in my life that offer me input and feedback sometimes because I don't know that I would remember to come back to myself naturally yet. But when I'm reminded, hey, pay attention to this about yourself when you're doing that exercise, it was like, oh shit, I need to actually listen to my body. <laughs> and when my mood's off and I get the reminder like, hey, you need to check in with yourself. I guess my goal for the rest of 2020 is to move myself back across that line out of the madness and into joy more often. When I started recording this podcast, I was feeling this sensation of overdrawn, exhausted. But I feel like as I'm wrapping this up, I feel like, hey, you actually are making progress in your life. You actually are making choices that are rebuilding something that you've never had before. So I guess that's where we are. As per the usual, stay optimistic and little salty. Bye, guys.